It's like living with a six-year-old. I still go on playdates. I just call them playdates so I can go out with Eric and Paul and Adam. <laughs> you sound like his mom. You like sport too. You guys would be such good friends. I'll do all the technical aspects. Adam will be the face. Paul will be the muscle. And then Eric will oh, be the sales guy. We're screwed from the muscle. Paul <laughs> handed the muscle and the troubadour. I handed a jar to my son to open the other day, so we're in bad <laughs> Welcome to the Forefathers Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm Fife. I'm Adam. And I'm Paul. And the Forefathers Podcast is a podcast about faith, fatherhood, family, friendship, and funding, which is actually something that you need to worry quite about with when you're a church plant. So tonight we'll be talking about our church plant that we were all part of. Uh, This church plant was called the Mill City Vineyard, uh, planted in uh, the Lowell area, Lowell, Massachusetts area, um, from about 2000 to to about 2006. Um, It uh, was anywhere from the size of, uh, I don't know, four (laughs) to 30 people-ish. Everybody feel free to correct me as I'm I'm wrong or what have you. Um, And it was basically made up of people that were originally in, in a youth group uh, together and then just decided um, uh, how to that we would start a church we'll get into all that and all of our you know initial memories it's uh, an experience that we all learned a little bit a little bit about ourselves a little bit a little bit about each other a lot about God most likely um, so um, let's first hey guys let, let's first start talking about um, how this all started and how we got um, how we got involved with it so um, how did you get, how did everybody get involved? How did you get involved with the Mill City Vineyard when it first started? Yeah, so it's, I guess I'll go first. It was kind of funny. I uh, I got started with the Mill City Vineyard primarily because the person who planted it was Steve Skinner, who had been our youth pastor when we were growing up in, um, in the Chelmsford Vineyard. And what happened was um, uh, when I was just out of high school, I left the Chelmsford Vineyard and started going to the vineyard down in Framingham, Massachusetts. At the time, it was called the Metro West Vineyard. Uh, it's since changed the name. I think it's now called the Vineyard of the World or something like that. Um, but <clears throat> it was, you know, for I was living in Tingsboro. So for me, it was about a 45-minute ride each way. And I, I was, you know, when I went there, I was pretty, pretty beat up and spent a lot of time um, recovering, learning some really good stuff, participating in... <clears throat> youth group there and doing some stuff around that. But uh, Steve Skinner at one point talked to me. He's like, listen, I, I really, I, I'm feeling called to plant a church in Lowell. And, and um, I was 24, 23 and had nothing better to do and thought it would be kind of fun and loved the, fu- loved the idea of having a church closer to home and, um, I had grown up my high school years in that Lowell area. So I felt like I had some connection there. I felt like I wanted to invest there. I felt like there were some good relationships that were there. Um, <clears throat> and so we talked about it. And as we were talking about it, I mean, we probably talked about it for a couple years. Um, as we were talking about it, one of the things that happened is I got married. Um, <clears throat> and my wife, who had been living, sorry about that, dude. My wife, who'd been living in Western Massachusetts, moved out here, and we got an apartment in, in Nashua. And uh, it was really funny because um, she came out, and she had been, you know, had kind of a uh, not a super robust 
church experience where she was from. Like there was, she had some great heritage, but the churches that she had been involved with right before she got married just weren't great for her. They just didn't give her a lot of opportunity for growth. There wasn't a lot going on. And, and she was, she had been in a pretty rough place and she was looking forward to coming out here and healing up at a nice established, (laughs) at a nice established church here like because she knew what I went to with the vineyard in Framingham and, and she loved it and the people there she loved. Um, but one of the lessons I learned out of this conversation, one of the things that I thought was pretty funny was, or I think is funny now, it wasn't so funny then, um, was that my wife got out here thinking that we were going to stay at this church of three or 400. And six months later, we left and planted a church in Lowell. Mm with a bunch of people that she had been around, but not really like, not really around enough, you know, not like deep friendships like I had with them. She didn't have the same level of relationship. And, and so she was kind of on the fringe and she didn't feel fully connected. I mean, that changed as we went through it, but it didn't give her that landing place of security and a place to heal up and grow. It just kind of threw her back into the fire to, okay, so how do we plant a church? Yeah. And, and her husband didn't take very good care of her. Right. Like didn't really consult her. Didn't really include her in the decision. Just said, Oh, this is what we're doing. Let's go. And, uh, you know, just crappy husbanding. (laughs) I've learned better now, but, um, but that's kind of how we got started. And and we started as a, you know, for a couple of years before we, uh, launched and stopped going to Framingham, we met as a small group on a weeknight and mm. just tried to grow mm-hmm. from there so yeah but so yeah i mean that's how i got started i i don't know i thought it was interesting what do you guys remember from that steve had wonderful couches mm. no <laughs> i used to sleep on those couches while we prayed quite frequently actually i, I do remember waking <laughs> you up a couple of times <laughs> that the other one triggers memories that's probably why the church failed <laughs> <laughs> Because I wasn't praying awake. I think God can handle my sleeping prayer, Adam. I think God can handle my sleeping prayer. <laughs> oh, man. What do I remember? I did. I think, well, so a little backstory to that was we started kind of from that church in Chumpshire that you mentioned that was a vineyard that ended up going a different direction after, I think, for a period of time. I don't recall the whole details behind it, but um, we were doing a 20-something group, so we were meeting Bible study in my apartment, and you know, I was the only one at the time, group-wise, that actually had his own pad, so um, we were doing worship and hanging out and doing Bible study once a week, and we started to attract a few people, which was pretty cool, Um, but in conjunction with that, that was kind of at the same time um, we were going to... uh, Metro West with Eric and on Sunday mornings and that 50 minute ride from uh, Chumsford to um, Framingham uh, was a long ride. So, you know, it always made it difficult and whatnot. And we always kind of longed for somebody, some vineyard closer um, because we obviously had that when we were growing up. And um, from that, we, I think had conversations. I don't know how it unfurled, but it, it eventually made its way from, um, our 20 something group to moving into Steve's living room, um, and kind of doing church there. Um, and I remember Steve playing guitar a couple of times and, you know, kind of having, it was more like a Bible study group, but it was starting to build that and we were going in that direction. And 
the details are kind of a little hazy, kind of how that unfurled to where we got to um, in terms of the building and all that other stuff. But um, those were the kind of the humble beginnings for where we kind of all started. It was just really kind of a desire to um, that we long for from the vineyard, you know, and the worship experience, the church family and, and that whole aspect of it that the vineyard brought um, and was in there. Um, uh, DNA that we wanted to continue on and that we felt that, you know, Lowell um, and the surrounding area, I think, uh, really still needed. And so we we got our little band of uh, people together. I mean, we had probably, what, maybe 14 people? I mean, it, was, it wasn't huge, but it was a combination of kind of um, the crew that we had from our 20-something group and a few adults and um, folks like Scott, um showing up and mm -hmm. his wife and you know it kind of grew from there that we we got um to a point where we had to you know kind of really become more formalized in 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 thinking that hey we've got to make this a you know uh, something that's just a casual get together and we go out and do servant evangelism projects together as a small crew to something bigger um and that kind of really just for me because that's my type a I was like, oh man, this is gonna be great. This is gonna be fun. You know, we get to, you know, get to do all the cool things that, you know, the larger churches that are, you know, that did, and and we gave we became a vineyard at that point. So, um, yeah, it it, it was it was definitely a, a I recall a good experience and experience that, you know, from a someone in their twenties playing around in the that that field, um, was definitely challenging because it stretches you. It opens you to new experiences, but at the same time, you make a lot of mistakes and you make, um, you know, uh, decisions that you may or may not, um, you know, think are good at the time, but that you know, it's what you make. But it, it was an awesome time to, to, to be able to kind of just cut your teeth on it and, and learn, mm -hmm. you know, a whole bunch of different things to, to starting a church and being part of a, you know, something like that. Yeah, very much a learning experience. Adam, how about you? How did you get involved in... Uh... In Mill City Vineyard. I'm still foggy. I'm still trying to remember like what the first uh, point was. I think I think it was just a natural progression because we were meeting at, at Eric's place and kind of just followed suit and started meeting with Steve. And um, I remember those long, those multiple times we were meeting in his living room and doing worship and and hanging out and. I think also at that time, uh, we also was it. Uh, it was right at the point where uh, we were also doing marriage counseling with with Steve, um, Heather, and I. <clears throat> um, but I think mainly uh, it was. I, I don't think I was actually connected at a church at that point. Um, I know that there was a church I was going to. Uh, obviously prior after Framingham uh, in Chumsford, but that kind of went a different direction. And so I don't, I don't think I was actually planted anywhere at that point. So it was kind of the next, next step, natural progression. Like, so you were, I mean, you were still in college at that point or just leaving college or finishing up college. Weren't you Adam? Uh, I graduated in Oh one. So right around that time you were gotcha. just kind of coming back in. No, 99. It was like, no, it was 2000. I graduated. Yeah, because I met, yeah, I, I 
Yeah, it was right around 2000 because I was, I was married. We were married in 02. So it is interesting. I'm trying to, you know, trying to connect the, uh, you know, the 20 something group um, and all the times that we spent and uh, all the times that we started talking about uh, how we wanted community and how it was tough to find community and, um, you know, that, uh, I, I feel like, like, like you said, a lot of that drilled into or came right out of the um, Mill City Vineyard. Um, you know, um, just wanted to still connect. We all, you know, I had, um, I was, you know, it was an interesting time for me. Um, I was learning guitar, um, but I was also learning uh, uh, the uh, <laughs> moving from a, a, a Catholic uh upbringing to a more protestant and i was going to the vineyard uh in in framingham with with you know eric and and a lot of you guys and uh i can remember i still remember the first day i walked i walked in you know we were a few minutes late because that's we that's that's how we rolled um probably probably not eric's fault probably my fault that was my uh i was you know not as not as timely and, and as as punctual as i am now but i just remember opening up the door to the vineyard worship um room the big kind of congregational um area and the music just hit me immediately and i was like this is amazing this is this is pretty great and then so really i think that really put a seed in me early on like hey this is this whole worship thing is kind of cool and then um you know i just i was kind of late to the party a little bit just kind of coming back from college and you guys are like hey hey steve this is paul you, you know he, we've known him since high school and kind of he plays guitar <laughs> he's learning guitar doesn't play it quite yet some would say i still don't quite play it yet but um i yeah i was learning it and uh he was like hey um, if you know some chords, maybe you can do a song. And I'm like, I know four chords. That might be enough for a song. We'll see. Um, and so, yeah, we did. We did. Yeah. And it was it was fun. And then, yeah, I think at some point somebody said, you know, nobody will come to the church in Steve's house. Not that there's anything wrong with Steve or his house, but it was more it's going to be easier to have the conversation um, about bringing people to the actual location, the actual church plant. So that's when we got a school um in in uh in lowell that we packed in out packed in of uh packed in and packed out every day every oh, sunday yes we didn't we didn't uh, pack them in no <laughs> we were far no, from I mean, packing it I'm in not, the stuff, not, the people, not the people the stuff I that don't was remember. many years later that we packed it in yeah <laughs> right, <laughs> later, actually we packed it in um so yeah um let a me, lot of packing Oh my gosh, lots and lots of packing. Those are those are early days and long days, and um, not a probably not a uh, not a horrible way to spend your time. Uh, certainly a safe way. Keep kept kept, kept us busy and uh, out of the out of trouble and the such, um, which was good. Uh, in, in day, which was better than our high school for years. Half a, oh my god, dude. <laughs> yeah, for, in, yeah, for half a day, I would just get home and just nap. Be so spent after that oh. craziness. Um, yeah, but it was, uh, that was certainly, uh, it just, it's funny how that happened. It was just like one minute you're, you know, doing, playing music at, in churches in Steve's living room. And then the next minute, uh, Fife is, uh, rolling this, uh, um, built, you know, personal built mixing board with all these wires and stuff in, and he's going to be like, he's going to wire it up and show us how it's, how it's done. Cause that's where I cut my teeth. 
Yeah, uh, but you gotta you gotta to rephrase that. that. Prior to that, we were carrying in the mixing board every Sunday morning in a big giant zippered bag. Yeah. We were trying to find a folding table, and then we were running like wires galore up and down the aisle. I mean, it was it was like we were doing it professionally. It got to the point where like, are we gonna get paid for this? Because yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're you know setting up for the the main headline every Sunday morning, which you know was us. But yeah. um, <laughs> actually, it was God, Eric. Just to be clear, yeah, uh, true, right? I know. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, yeah. that's well, another yeah, reason yeah. why I failed <laughs> too much on us. <laughs> not enough on God. Um, I don't know. There were definitely moments. I think that um, we got out of our own. We got out of our way so yeah. God could have His way for sure. I, I yeah. you know, I remember moments like that. But um, I think there was a lot of challenge. Like, I mean. I, it's interesting because like you brought up a whole bunch of memories for me of like that whole Sunday morning experience and where we were at. And although for first couple of months, I think it was great because it was like a new space and it was new opportunities. And we, we were all trying to feel out how, how do we handle this thing? How do we deal with new greeters when they come in? And we all, for a while, I think mob new people coming in that we scared the crap out of them that never came back. But uh, we, we, well, we kind of mellowed out a little bit. <laughs> when you walk into a new church and you, you get pounced on by two or three, just like, like insane people that are just drenched in sweat because they've been there since six, setting know, everything right? up and going crazy. And like, welcome to our church. Uh, maybe not. We'll we, we'll come back. Yes. Uh, come back tomorrow. That's why. Is you there anybody else readers. coming? Seriously. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Welcome. Sit. Sit. We saved you a seat in the front row. Why are you massaging my feet? <laughs> All right. Stop beating me. I grapes. just want you to stay right here. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, yeah. Hey, would you like to lead worship today? <laughs> <laughs> I know zero chords. The good news for you, Paul, is four chords probably would have done most of the vineyard song. It, it did most did. of the vineyard oh song. Gosh, so did, yeah. I was gonna mention that. <laughs> so it's like Paul was already a seasoned veteran when it came to four chords and what's a venue Seriously. Yeah, so you can go back to episode uh what was your episode? Set me on fire, Paul, to hear yeah. Set Me on Fire produced not produced yeah. but played <laughs> and you yeah. know, shot down in a fiery flame by myself, <laughs> truly. Um, it was episode nine, to be clear. Nice. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, nice. So, yeah. It, <laughs> there, I'm trying to think of There was just, a, I mean, a lot. Like, that whole period of time, must have been, like, the first three years was a whirlwind because, like, we got indoctrinated to, you know, say it another way, into the vineyard, meaning that, you know, we became part of the vineyard churches. So, it was where prior to that we were kind of um, people participating in the vineyard to being the leadership and, you know, kind of behind the scenes people in a vineyard. And so when we went to the vineyards, other vineyards, I don't know about you, but I always did the, Oh, well we have to have that. Oh, we need to do that. And Oh, this is what it takes to get to 200 people. And so you, you, we all kind of got in this like starry eyed, or at least I did starry eyed, situations of like oh well maybe if we adjust our message to do it this way or we we get steve to stop talking for an hour and 50 minutes and boil him down to 40 minutes or um you know and i've had many conversations which i won't go into <laughs> at length with steve on <laughs> how to get his message boiled down and, and succinct because it was back in those days trying to edit audio files was um 
almost like moving a mountain um and posting them on the website was forget about that that was crazy remember how I'm trying to download these things for <laughs> messages it's like oh i only heard steve's part of steve's message while well, i'm still downloading it via 56k modem so uh, <laughs> it was never easy or or fun by any stretch but um yeah there was a lot of lot of awesome things to be able to participate in when it came to being part of that whole vineyard family that we you know knew and loved but i i think the biggest thing i got out of was we were such an and i'm not trying to pat ourselves on the back but we were such a go-getter crew in terms of like just doing the servant evangelism stuff because it was like we had did it when we were youth so we had cut our teeth early we weren't you know nervous and so when you know steve rallied the troops and was like hey let's go give away flowers for you know um valentine's day or let's go give waters out in the corner street i mean we had it in spades with people i mean everybody just stepped up and we dragged our families out and you know um and friends and 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 you know after we did it all we would go out and hang out after and you know we just continued to build that community and that friendship and i think that's what kept a lot of us moving forward and a lot of us staying together because it wasn't just oh we do sunday and then we you know you know, go on with our six days of the week and then we're back around on Sunday morning and, you know, setting up for the show. It was definitely like we were longing for those like, oh, let's have, you know, two and a half hour worship sessions. You know, we, we got to get to that mark. I don't know about you, but <laughs> that was always like, hey, how, how how long can we stay in this worship session? Um, you know, and just hang out with That's God. Paul was, Paul was like, dude, he had a drummer that could only do four, four. (laughs) No, poor Adam, Adam, come on. No, I mean, he doesn't even know what he can do. He just hits on the drums. Oh, he left. No, I think, um, I mean, yeah, I think the sustainability was a thing. I think that was the, that was difficult. I think, I mean, some of my fondest memories, you know, we'll talk about that here in a moment, but for me, just being on stage, like leading my friends in worship is such a such a, a a blessing that I still can't quite know how to be grateful. Like, how do I thank God for for that? So you know, it's like, how do you thank God for you know that moment of you know when you first you know you have a moment with your child or your you know your son or your daughter that's so like it's not even it's not a moment that you would have asked for, but you're so grateful for it. It was that kind of thing. I was like this is amazing. People are responding in worship. I, I can just worship and, 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 you know, play music and they'll, they'll kind of come along. I got to play on stage with my friends. Um, and I mean, it was, it was, it was amazing. Like it was such a looking back, it was such a low risk, high reward thing. Like, yeah, it was difficult, but it was so, so many fond memories and, you know, cut my teeth, um, you know, doing worship, uh, leading a quote unquote ministry ish being in ministry, having those days where you're like, I don't want to worship today. Um, having strife among, among people, among my friends. So, um, it just, wow, it just, it set the stage and I just had no, I just had no idea, but what are some other like fond memories that you guys have? What are some other kind of moments that you remember that were particularly special along those six years of, uh, of, uh, our, our, our church plant? So I can uh, I, I I can quip in here because there were several um, I I can think of several different things you know we joked about falling asleep while I was praying and all that stuff uh, I used to fall asleep all of the time probably because I really first of all I really ate crappy 
But second of all, I just never slept. Like I, I was up, up really, really early and I wouldn't go to bed at night. And then I'd get back up the next day and I was just burning the candle at both ends. And I was really horrible about that really until I was about 40. So, um, <laughs> 20 years later, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it was really funny because we would, we would do a prayer meeting and we would do it in the morning before I went to work sometimes. And I would show up at Skinner's and we'd start praying 15 minutes in, I'd be snoring on the floor. Yeah, but we knew, it was we knew when we had spent, to dive to know? the message or the conversation when Eric started snoring and then he went, Oh, oh okay, okay. Are we all done? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so that's one of the fun ones, but you know, I also, there were some things that were really challenging, but some of the, my fondest memories are some of the things I learned by just doing mm. that with yeah. my friends, you yeah. know, like, you know, I, I don't know if you guys remember, but um, our friend Jacob, uh, at one point he was a guest speaker. So he had been coming to our church. Him and his wife, Satu, joined our church about halfway through. And and um, Steve Skinner let Jacob teach one Sunday because he was away. And Jacob just talked about um, – he just talked about how God provides. And at the time, mm. like – I was unemployed and had been unemployed for like six months. It was actually at the end of the dot-com bubble bursting. And I ended up being unemployed for 14 months. But his conversation began the process of teaching me how trustworthy God was, you know, and and didn't just teach it to me verbally, but te- taught it to me in action. Like that day he took an offering and like, they, the money that showed up exactly paid the bills of everything that was about to be it's shut awesome. off, you know? And so it was like, God said, here's the teaching I want. I need you to learn right now. Here's the example of how that lives out in your life. Now go figure out how to do that while you're still unemployed for another eight months. And um, it's, it's been a huge, it was a huge turning point, but it's some of those things like figuring out how to run a small group, figuring mm-hmm. out how to run a group of small groups, mm-hmm. like, just um, having, I think part of my, I, I've always loved hard conversations, but hard conversations in a, in a church sense, I, I had some really challenging conversations while we were planning that church. You know, some were like, should we keep doing this? Some were like, hey man, I love you, but I'm pretty sure you're teaching heresy right now. Like, you know, and, and just like, just, uh, I just have fond memories of all those conversations. And like you said, Paul, like we had, I have very fond memories of the relationships that we had. And I feel like doing the church plant um, cemented those relationships even more. There's a possibility when you do something like that, that you drive a wedge in those relationships. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't feel like that's what happened there. I felt like we came out of that with stronger relationships. And even when that church was over. Yeah. And we all kind of scattered to different places. I think the fact that we're doing this now, the fact yeah. that we're still talking, you know, 15 years later, 14 years later, is indicative of the bonding that went on from that shared effort, that shared exercise. And that's something that I am, you know, not just fond of, but in love with. I yeah. just love that relationship and the and the opportunities that we had there. Cool. So. Cool. Yeah, agreed. How about you guys? Yeah, two things kind of dovetail with a little bit kind of what Eric said at the tail end where, yeah, we we butt headed a lot in a church plant. You know, anybody who's who's thinking about 
you know, using this as an example, if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, Hey, I'm looking to start a church, um, surround yourself with a bunch of people that you trust and that can deal with you in a way that's comes across in a loving way, meaning that, you know, you're going to be a butthead. You're going to do stupid things. You're going to maybe sometimes come across as arrogant, but the, the, the other side of that coin is that the people that you surround yourself with can tell you in a way that, you know, Hey, you know, you're just being dumb. Um, or, um, I forgot what the word Eric used in other podcasts, um, a banana, banana head. head. Yes. You're being a banana head and come alongside you and say, Hey, you know, let's try to do this in a different way. Let's try to work this out. Let's, let's try to make this better. I let's see each other's side and, and see how we can come with the middle ground. And I, I, we did that well because our friendships were first and our relationships with God were just intertwined so tightly that, you know, it wasn't a bond that could be broken at all. And so I think that saved us and kept us sustained for a long time because we knew when to, to kind of stop for a little bit and not do the church thing and just be us and hang out. And, and, and we did a lot of that. I mean, even outside the church, we were just hanging out as friends. And, you know, if we, you know, if we weren't in a formal church type setting, whether it's a home group or whatever, we were hanging out, we were just, you know, building relationships and growing that. And, and that was great because that's, that helped us sustain us through those tough times. So I think that was important and that is an an important factor um, because a lot of us, you know, I, myself included, even though I may have not come across that or, um, or whatnot, but uh, faked faked it till i made it type thing you know i i really i really you know i did a biblical concept yeah very much so (laughs) you know i i did not have all of the you know the schooling i did not go to seminary to learn how to plant a church you know and nor would i ever um but you know i had you know tried it and you know made a lot of errors and a lot of mistakes and you know but at the same time i had the grace and forgiveness for that i mean and you know to me the way that that manifests itself in ministry is that God equips the called, right? So he says, Hey guys, I have this for you. And we don't know what it looks like, but he says, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, be faithful to you and build and equip you as you do it. But you can't, I can't equip you if you don't do it. I can't equip you if you don't step out. So, you know, we may say fake it till you make it, but I think in ministry, it's you, 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 uh, God says, Hey, go do that. And he doesn't equip you until you do that. Cause he wants to see that you're faithful and see that you're actually, um, stepping out. So obedient. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, to kind of answer your question, Paul, about a fond memory, worship was a big thing for me and it, it, it's faded a little bit in seasonal part of my life now, but, um, it's still definitely, um, there in my life, but, at that time, it was a very big part of my life. I, you know, um, the one thing I remember fondly was that um, one Sunday morning, you would ask me to play worship. I don't know if you were, I think you and Steve had gone away um, and you had asked me to lead worship. And of course I was like, sure, I'll do that. And, you know, me being me, Mr. Type A, just stepped into it. And I, I can't tell you how leading up to those first, you know, those last few days before Sunday rolled around, because it was that, having to lead worship and having to do the practices all of the week and help set up the soundboard and get the, the trailer there. And like, you know, yeah. the list goes yeah. on and on and on, yeah. you know? So 
all the pressure and all that stuff going on. And I was just like, you know, I, I can't tell you that was probably the one time in my life that I was very personally nervous about, you know, getting it out, doing the right thing, you know, whatever. But what ended up happening out of that whole opportunity was just God showed up and the worship that that day was, you know, was That's an experience right. that I can't, you know, repeat, can't duplicate because it was just, it was uniquely God being there and mm -hmm. present and making, you know, whatever happened at that moment, because I had a lot of people come to me like, Oh my gosh, worship was so great. You know? And, you know, part of my big ego was like, Oh wow, this is awesome. You know, I can be a worship leader. And, you know, then I was like, the second, <laughs> I was like, I was like, <laughs> In the second like, breath, I knew it. I'm better than Paul. I hope Eric's yeah, better than me. Seriously. <laughs> see, you, see you later, guys. In reality, as I'm emptying oh, out God. the coffee urn and, you know, war right. coiling up the snake for the 50th, yeah. I'm like, I really right. like soundboard. I don't want yeah. to do worship. I'll play bass. <laughs> I like being in the background. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Adam. What about you? Besides uh, making me help you set up your drum set every every Sunday, what else was a fond? A fun, it, that's still what I'm like. Whenever I, uh, you know, the the church that I'm at now, when we were, um, you know, on on site, I would always come in and be like, "It's so nice to see the drum set all set up, already ready to go." Because every morning, you'd be like, "All right, there's no drum set there. Let's set it up." And then, like, you'd set it up and. Adam would be like, Paul, you set it up upside down again. Let me put it right the first time because it's still mad. It's still black magic to me. So what are, what are some of your other fond memories? Uh, I think one of the biggest things that uh, that especially came out of that is a, a lot of perseverance <laughs> came from hmm. from uh, from that church plant and being faithful and being dedicated, even though a lot of times it was a pain in the butt and didn't really see a lot of fruit that we expected to see from, from that standpoint. Um, but also from that, from that there was, we were, we were intentional about being uh, uh, outreach focused. And mm. even at the points I can think of, yeah. obviously with like the, the vineyard arts festival that we did along oh, with, yeah, totally with the uh, other outreach things around the neighborhood, trying to kind of just, spark spark conversations with yeah. people around around the vicinity of the school that we were at to even at the point when ernie shepherd showed up and started doing those weekly just going out and praying for people you know and mm -hmm. kind of being that, that limelight and kind of leading that task and 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 bringing people along to just say hey let's go find out what's what's going on with people so mm -hmm. so that was one of the biggest things in terms of seeing from from those uh from from the that stint of 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 that that operation, there were there were some great things that that came out of that, um, and there was and God used a lot of that, even though it didn't kind of satisfy what we thought was going to be the outcome. So, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Well, well said, well said, and yeah, I think you're right. It's easy to forget um, the you know just the you know both the activities. Um, the arts festival on the boulevard, which I was actually just thinking about earlier today. I was like, oh yeah, we, I forgot that we did that and uh, set things up. That was another long day, but yeah, just to see people, you know, uh, kind of serving Lowell in that way and just having connecting with people. That was, it was a lot of work, but yeah, it just one of those moments where you're like, oh yeah, this is what 
we should be doing as a church. And then like all the different people that came through, like Scott, like Scott and Linda and Ernie and, um, you know, just, a, a you know, a, a host of other folks that, you know, uh, there weren't that many in that regard, but the people that did come through, we really connected with, I feel like there was a, a yeah. some, some good connections with. Um, so, as we look back, so we've talked about a little bit at the beginning, some of our fond memories. Um, what have you learned uh, f- from doing it? So just to uh, let folks uh, know where we, where, how the things went. So first of all, let me say, I should have preempted this earlier. There are, there is a Mill City Vineyard. There's other Mill City churches in the little area. That is not us. That was, uh, they are still around. We are not. We have all kind of moved on to other churches. Um, but so, you know, let me ask you, let me ask you guys, um, what did you feel like you learned from it? So this is, I'm kind of, I kind of have that uh, song in my head, the Jimmy Buffett, a pirate looks at 50. So, you, you know, you're looking at, I guess we're not quite at 50 yet. Some of it, some of us are a little closer than others, Fife, um, <laughs> to that. But <laughs> um, That's what you get for being the oldest. Seriously. Hey, mm, type A oldest. Six months, my God. <laughs> that's a, a, not a 60. Lot, that's devel- <laughs> developmentally speaking uh six months is i'm oh. just kidding <laughs> um here let me get your bigger yeah. shovel seriously <laughs> seriously yes so what so what did you learn um you know so let me do like i said let me say just at the end um you know we had been going for six years and i remember it's one of those moments like where you were moments i remember the moment steve called me um to his house i drove over to his house i knew something big was up and I think it, it was kind of half he's stepping down and the other half was I'm uh, I'm getting ready to, I think we're just going to cl- kind of close the church. And I'm not even sure like how, how I should say this, but my first, my first thought was thank God. You know, <laughs> I was so burnt out and so tired. And so it was such a job that I was like, I get next Sunday off. I, this is awesome. Like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. So um, I was very sad after that, I was like, like, you know, your initial thought, like, oh, I don't have to do that anymore. And then you get, I kind of got there and we set up. I think we had a few more services left, actually. And I just thought, you know, I don't, I don't want to leave this group of people. I think um, for me, it was, um, I, I thought it was, it was good for us to go try other churches and kind of go other, other places. And it was one of those things that it was only after that, that we started connecting again. And then like Roman Eck would say, Hey guys, let's go to lunch. And then I was like, Oh, this is all built because of Mill City. This is all built because of the 20 somethings and the, and the, and the, uh, the, the youth group that we were at kind of at the beginning. So, um, so yeah, what, what have you, what have you guys learned in over the kind of over the years, how do you look back at it now and, and see it? Hmm. Well, uh, from where I stand today, I think two things come to mind. Um, one would be that to give a little backstory right around before that period happened, before you got that phone call and Steve decided to um, close the doors, we had done some um, profiling, uh, basically behavior profiling. So we understood how our leadership team worked better through um, a contact at another church. Um, and in that, a lot of good stuff kind of came out of it because he had done the disc profile and he kind of, mm-hmm. you know, as he said, read the tea leaves of us and under, you know, gave us a clear picture of how we all interact as in our natural styles versus, you know, whatever be the case. Um, so from all of that, I really realized, you know, kind of leaving it that it was 
one of those things that in order to have the right spark, the right mixture, you got to have everybody doing it in their right style. Like you, you can't have someone operating out of like an empty tank. Like you had said, Paul, you got to a certain point that you were just like, oh, I'm totally like, you know, at the end of my rope. A lot of us were like that. And I think when you do that, you you can't operate in your natural style. You can't allow God mm-hmm. to do the things he needs to do. So I learned that from that point in my life and everything I do. It's like, don't do the things. And so when I left to go to other churches, I didn't just I made sure I although. I looking back, I didn't learn the lesson immediately. I kept diving back into the things that I was doing in the other church was like, do sound, do worship, do this. And it's like, because they need it, fill this void. And it's like, God kept really, you know, being very clear and putting down barriers that I couldn't cross um, to teach me that, you know, Hey, you have to do this in a, in a right frame of mind. So to pass on words of wisdom, do it in your natural style, whatever that is. And, you know, become, supportive in those that you know have the gifts for those areas and if you don't have those gifts for those areas then you know maybe the the right mix isn't there or the perfect storm isn't there for the the church and maybe you have to really um assess the importance of what is god really doing here is it you know what we think is building a church plant or is it more just a a seasonal thing for a period of time Mm. you know for something more specific right Mm. right cool yeah, I, I think primarily what I learned was that this is a flipping lot of work. Like, and, and that's and that's not a bad thing. Like, we all do work for things that are important to us, right? And so, like, I don't think it's a bad thing. I But I think, you know, somehow in our hyper-spiritualized brains, we think, oh, if we're doing what God wants us to do, it's going to be easy. Well, no, not really. No. I mean... Did anybody watch The Passion of the Christ? Like which one? The stuff that the stuff that Jesus got called to do was not easy. I missed the ending. How did it end? Did, did, it, did, did it did it end okay? Was he okay at the end? Come back to me on Easter Sunday. Okay, thanks. it's part three. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, really, like, and and so you know, I I feel like what I learned, and it's actually what I walked out of there with was um this is a lot of work. And it's like, you know, Paul, you talked about the day that Steve came and talked to you. I remember him talking to me. I think we actually went to the McDonald's on the other side of exit five in in Nashua. And um, we're sitting down and we're talking and he's like, so I think it's time for me to sit down. And I'm like, yeah, I agree. And he's like, so what should we do? And I'm like, you know, honestly, Steve, I feel like for the last two years, we have been working at this. And we're not seeing, we're just not seeing what we need to see for this to be real. And, and so the second lesson I learned is sometimes it is okay for something that you were called to do to end. Yeah. You know, like I I don't have any doubt that I was called to be a part of that church plant. The way I executed it probably could have been better. Just ask my wife. (laughs) Um, I have no doubt that there are a hundred things that I learned there. Um, that are super valuable, but there is a value to knowing when it's time to be done, mm. when it's time yeah. to say, okay, God, what is the thing you're calling me to now? Yep. Not what is the thing you called me to six years ago? Mm-hmm. You know, and, yeah. I, and I will tell you that I do that. I, I actually check in with God about that. I try to do it like every year 
sometimes more frequently. Yeah. And sometimes I'm better about it than others. And sometimes I can let go of things better than others because some things are more important to me. But, um, and then uh, the last lesson I learned is that I never wanted to do a church plan again. <laughs> but the really funny story about that is I left that church and we looked for churches for three months. And when we left that church, my wife was like, I get to pick the next church since you picked this one. <laughs> and so we looked at a lot of churches and, and it was really kind of funny. Like at the end, I'm like, okay, so we had decided to go to a fairly established church here in Nashua. That was a good church. Um, they had a lot of things that we believed in and agreed with some things that we were less so, but not nothing like heretical or anything, just different philosophy. And we had basically agreed to go to it. And I'm like, you know, Heather, I, I get it, but we need to go have this conversation with these people who are planting another vineyard mm. in Salem, Salem, New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. And she's like, okay, but I really don't want to be a part of a church plan again. I'm like, I get it. And I hear you. And I know we've spent and all that. And we went and we sat down and we walked out of that. And my wife is in tears and she looks at me and she's like, I have to be a part of another church plan again. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you. you know, um, because the reality is there was God gave us the strength to do that. Like, even though we did, I mean, we got a break for three months. We, we only went to church if we wanted to, Yeah, you know, we looked around, we took some time to recover. We grieved a little bit. And even when we got to this church plant, I went into this church plant telling the guys that I was coming into saying, I don't have anything to give you. I have spent every resource I have for the last seven years. And they said, that's okay. Just come and be. A year later, I was running their youth group. But <laughs> but, it, but it was a year later. It wasn't the month I got there. And that was enough time for me at the time. You know, and so, you know, and then my last lesson, I guess, would be even when you do everything right, mm. Sometimes you still don't win. Sometimes yeah. what you're working at still doesn't produce the fruit you thought it was going to produce. So then you have to say, okay, God, so what was the fruit that was supposed to come out of this? You know, what yeah. was I supposed to learn here? And I think that's one of the great things about this conversation is, okay, God, so what was it I was supposed to learn here? You know, and sometimes those recaps are super valuable. How about you, Adam? What did you learn, Adam? Um, it's not your fault. <laughs> Adam's fault? <laughs> it's not your fault. <laughs> uh, I There's a lot of dead air. Is his mic on? Shouldn't the <laughs> Jeopardy thinking. song be playing right now? <laughs> now, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I see the shoe is on the other foot. <laughs> <laughs> he needs a thought bubble above his head. <laughs> I do. I do. Arcade? Um, Squirrel? No, I just think, uh, For again, I go back to the whole just perseverance piece and mm. and that point of just in a ba balance of where is your heart at, you know, and, and, and going into anything 
what I've taken from that, that experience is, uh, is that it, it's good to have expectations, but it's also good to know that those expectations don't mean anything in the broader scheme in many aspects. Right. Um, and, and be, being able to process, are you going to be okay if it doesn't meet your expectations, but meets a greater expectation mm. or, or an, a greater situation in, in God's plan, which in all reality is you're, we're all specs in that plan, but we have importance to bring his goals together. But so, so it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty enlightening to think back um, at all that hard work and at all that hard effort we put in, in the, the long hours for what we thought was going to see be a, in our own opinion and in our own thoughts and, and expectations, uh, a, a large church growth uh, kind of fizzled to just a lot of hard work, but there was purpose behind everything, you know? And so, so, and it's, I mean, it's, it's such a valid truth even for today, you know, that it's a, it's a, it's kind of got eye opening to keep your heart in check to say, okay, what am I, why am I really doing things? Am I really doing things to get to gratify my own needs or am I really mm-hmm. doing things to bring a, a bigger purpose towards God's kingdom and, and being able to, even though, in reality and in and in that moment those effects may not be pleasing to you uh that that if you can understand that there will be fulfillment in your own self in the end um and trust that uh goes goes a, a long way and allows god to move even broader in in the things you do so yeah yeah, agreed. I think, um, you know, having our own expectations, we all go, I think that's a good life lesson. We all go into scenarios with our own expectations and they, they come from somewhere. They come from, uh, you know, uh, our, our own uh, confidence or maybe our own, uh, you know, sinful nature, as it were, or what have you. So wherever that could, wherever that could be, certainly. Um, yeah, and I was very similar when, when we left uh, Mill City, um, we poked around a little bit. I, I, um, went to a few other churches and, um, when I went to this one, I told my wife, I'm going to go to that church and I'm sitting in the back. I'm not going to do anything. Nobody's going to know I could play an instrument or do sound or anything. And it's funny. She actually leaned in. So she was the first one to get connected with people and, and hop into the kids ministry area. And I was just like, I'm going to sit in the back and do nothing. And then one day, you know, after weeks of, Hey, we, we need somebody else to, play music or what have you. This is another, you know, fun thing. Of course, at Mill City, all I did was play acoustic. I had an electric that was, um, uh, you know, uh, collecting dust, as it were. And I remember them going, uh, you know, we could really use an electric player. And I'm like, well, I have an electric guitar, but I'm not an electric player. And so, you know, that was another, um, 
you know, instance of, of God saying, Hey, I'm going to teach you how to do this and you're going to learn on the job and you're going to sink for a long time, but I'm going to teach you, you know, cause I'm going to put people above you that, that can, that can do that. Um, so what I learned, I think what I learned is I learned, I learned that there, um, the church is a body and kind of like what you were saying, Fife, we all have our role to play and, uh, we need people, um, not just as warm bodies, not just to fill the seats, but have an active role in church. And one of the things that somebody said at our church that I just adore was um, she would always say, you know, hey, if you're new here, you've made our church better. We just don't know how yet. And I, I, I so feel that way. Hey, if you're new here at church, um, you've already made our church better. We just got to find a place for you. Find find out how how you've made it better. It's I love I love that. And uh, I think that that. Um, you know, Mill City, uh, you know, guided me in that way. I think I saw that you could um, build relationship with, relationships with people. And yeah, doing work, is it's hard work. But if you've got the right people alongside you, people that you'll go into battle with any, you know, any day of the weekend, twice on Sunday, sometimes twice on Sunday, um, uh, definitely. Um, <laughs> Nine then, and 11. Yeah. Oh, my word. Um, then, uh, yeah, then you're in, you're in good, you're in good hands. Um so anybody else have any other um, any other comments or anything else you want to um, share with us before we uh, end this uh, this uh, session? Yeah, I would say just a bit of advice because I I think from all of that experience, like I said before, it's if you have an I the thought or the the desire to do it, you know, make sure you spend a lot of prayerful moments with God, making sure that that's the direction you want to go because church plants are not for the faint of heart by any stretch of the imagination. So, um, you know, doing that, uh, is, um, you know, one of those things that, uh, you really have to put, uh, your heart and soul in and you, every aspect of your life gets pulled in, including your family, whether your family is a part of it or not. Um, they will be affected like Eric Mm -hmm. had shared earlier. So, that's a life lesson that I think I learned the most is that, you know, you can't do anything without your partner. You can't do anything without your spouse. Mm. Um, and if you aren't together, uh, in that effort, um, it's like trying to, uh, push a snowball through hell and keep the snowball in the same size yeah. by the time you get out the other side. So yep. agreed. Yeah. But a funny thing, funny you say that Paul, you, you had shared your experience with, um, sitting in the back of the church, I had that same kind of, um, you know, when I left to go to other churches, I had that same approach. Uh, the one thing I kind of gleaned from that was it, it, it always felt like, um, those moments where you watch on the history, natural, you know, history channel where the gazelle is all with the group and they're all hanging out and the lions are hiding in the, you know, the, the far off uh, distance. And then the rest of the gazelles all move off and you're the dumb gazelle sitting in the back <laughs> doing nothing. <laughs> all of a sudden the lions, they're going to pick you off. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. kind of what yeah. Like, Hey, I see a guitar somewhere yeah. over his head. Right. <laughs> He's right. ordained to play guitar. I'm like, no, nope, so. sorry. Don't know how to do that. I'm just going to be a trash. I'm just going to empty the trash. I, I don't speak English. I don't know what yeah, you're saying. Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. For yeah. A while. Yeah. And I would just say, you know, we're talking about a church plant that didn't make it, right? There are lots of church plants that do make it. And so I just want to encourage anybody that's listening that happens to be in the middle of doing a church plant. Like, um, I went to a church plant. Get out! Run away! No, just kidding. Yeah, no. (laughs) Get out! 
I, I did a church plant after leaving that church plant. I showed up the second Sunday after they started meeting. They never did a small group. They went straight to meeting on Sunday mornings. And I've been with that church ever since. So nice. That's what, 14 years that's now, awesome. right? Um, and we're still not a supersized church, but we are a functional church. And we made it through COVID, which, yeah. you know, some churches didn't make yeah. it through COVID. Yep. And so, you know, I just, I feel like you can make it. You can be successful. And, and even when the church doesn't make it, there's lots of opportunities for relationship, for growth, for learning. And, and, you know, God, you know, I was talking about this tonight in my small group, God uses incredibly crappy stuff for incredibly amazing things. Yeah. And this is not incredibly crappy stuff. This is just moderately frustrating. When it all comes down to it, it's, it's, a, it can, when it doesn't work, it can be a little discouraging, but God is in this stuff and he's there working with you in the trenches on that Sunday morning yeah. when you're setting up the sound system and it's not working for whatever reason, you know, like he's there with you and it's a good opportunity to learn about, you know, how faithful God is. And so, you know, just want to encourage you. And, and if you guys, if you need somebody to pray for you, if you just want to chat, like respond to like list a comment in Facebook, list a comment on our, on our Buzzsprout feed and just let us know because man, we, we, Paul and I are still doing this. <laughs> I mean, Paul's is not really a plant anymore, but you know, we're still, we're because. still working in this stuff every yeah, week. Right. So just let us know. We'd love to talk to you, pray with you. You know, get you on the phone, text you something, some just encouragement. Because I, I know that can be hard, and I know you can feel like you're all alone, but you're not. So, yeah, well said, man, well said. And I would open that up to um, to anybody if it's not even if it's not a church plant uh, situation. You know, have you been a part of anything that has ended uh, poorly or unsuccessfully, or maybe didn't? didn't, uh, didn't, or maybe you're still in the middle of that. Uh, let us know in the comments. So I'll say, um, you know, if you're a Jesus follower, know that he is faithful, no matter what you're going through. Um, he, he's faithful to, to see you through it and, um, it will be his will. His will be done. If you're not a Jesus follower and maybe would like to learn more about him and what it means to be a Jesus follower, well, please reach out to us there as well. Comment. We'd love to have a chat with you about him and all he's done for us. And, uh, uh, and and all that's um, just, uh, you know, the gospel and everything he's given us. So thanks so much for listening. Uh, catch us next time as we continue to talk about our how the four of us have, our, us four fathers have built this idea of community, uh, even through our, our uh, failures and, and such. So thank you so much for listening. Oh, and thanks for listening to the Forefathers podcast, where we talk about faith, fatherhood, and other F words. If you want to learn more, head over to our website at the number four, fatherspodcast.com. If you'd like to help our show, make sure you give us a review on iTunes or in the podcast app of your choice. Those reviews help others find our show. And if you have any other questions or comments, you can send those to feedback at forefatherspodcast.com.